Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, co-host. I am here, James. Well, we're just waiting on our guest. You know, he'll be calling in, which we appreciate. You know, I know a lot of our guests got things they do, so you know, we always appreciate them taking time off to be on the show. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's very generous of them to do that for us. Well, before we, you know, might well get started, we can talk a little bit of uh, baseball. You know, um, they got the playoff. Um, yes, the they do. Oh, uh, the Yankees, they always seem to do something to win, don't they? Yeah, well, well, you heard what they're doing for the All-Star game. Now they changed the All-Star game up for basketball, so I'm switching on you. Um, the basketball game is, is they're taking the top two vote-getters, and they get to, there's 22 other players that they get to pick, you know, to be on their team. So one at a time, they'll go back and forth. And so they may pick somebody on their own team, and they may pick somebody um, not, not even in their league, which I, I, I think from, is kind of interesting. You were from baseball to basketball. Yep, I told you I, I switched up on you, because that's something I've... I've... Hey, Bob. Yeah. Hey, Bob. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good, right, good. You, you've just been moving all around today. You know, uh, kind of kind of funny story. I, I uh, had it all planned out really well to to you know match the timing and stuff. And I was in uh, Washington D.C. and I needed to get down to Richmond, Virginia. And that uh, train schedules just didn't work. And we had some changes, so I jumped in a in a lift and uh, and had them uh, drive me the the three hours. And I'll tell you, the technology is amazing. They uh, when I got in the car, it said I would arrive at my hotel at at two fifty four, and I arrived at two fifty five. And I don't know how they could predict that. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing how technology works nowadays. Hey, are you there, boss? I am. Can you hear me? A little bit. Can you hear me, Chris? Is that better? Yes, I I can use you. Or I, I can hear you. <laughs> Is it still, can you still hear me now, Bob? Yeah, you know, um, you're, you're a little staticky to me. Um, am, am I clear? I mean, I, I could hear Chris uh, crystal clear. Yeah, yeah, you're real clear. Yeah, okay. Maybe I think we're in good shape. Yeah, it's a big difference when you use a landline versus a cell phone sometimes, so. Well, I got another anyway, funny story, Bob. You know that? Go ahead. Hello. I got another funny story. I'm sitting there looking and um, um, your background and everything, and um, you played at Sacramento in what '86? Uh, Sacramento City College. What year was that? A little bit before that. A little bit before I was at San Diego State in '86. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I played at uh, Santa Rosa. 84 to 86. Oh, how <laughs> so, so, 84, we played you for sure. There was a, did you have a teammate named John Shorey? 
Yeah, sure did, John Shorey. That was my freshman year. It was it 84? Okay. No, 85, 80. I was there two years, 85, 86, I think. Yeah. And so John Shorey uh, is uh, uh, in my hometown. He's a rugby coach there, and I've known him for years. Okay. Wow. I think he was a middle linebacker. Like yeah, he was sure. exactly. He 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 went yeah. to he went to UC Davis and played uh, tried yeah. to play linebacker there. Yeah, he was with Mark Humble. You know Mark Humble. Oh, fine. I don't. But, um, I don't. We guys played you guys, and you guys were undefeated until my sophomore year. We were the only team to beat y'all. So I had to bring that up. I, you know, I did. <laughs> I, I I think that uh, I do remember that it was at our place, wasn't it? I think so. No. Yeah, we beat y'all. Y'all was like 35 games y'all won without losing, something like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, live it up. up. Live it up. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you, guys a, you guys had a great team. Y'all was uh, Can you talk a little bit about, you know, when you went to Sac City and you went to San Diego State? Uh, you know, it, it's it's funny because uh, you know the journey is is sometimes you know what people like to talk about. At least you know that's really where the substance comes. And you know, I went up to uh, uh, University of Nevada uh, as a quarterback straight out of high school, and uh, scholarshiped up there, and thought I was you know going to going to be a quarterback and continue to play. And um, you know, I was I was also a little bigger uh, than the average quarterback. I was probably back in those days. You know, they take your you're more most athletic people, and they you know they pitch and play shortstop in baseball, and typically you get thrown to quarterback uh, in in football. Not so much anymore, um, but uh, so yeah, yeah, went up there for for a year and and decided that I wanted to, uh, uh, and I and I had some good guidance too up there. Um, maybe not such good guidance prior to that, but I had some good guidance up there from some of the senior uh, players that you know. Uh, he just, you know, mentioned uh, the ability for me to play at a higher level, and and UNR at that time was in the Big Sky, and um, and so uh, it kind of put the seed in my head, and and when I decided at that point that I wanted to, and I didn't know if I was going to play tight end, if I was going to play uh, uh, outside linebacker, um, decided to you know to go back and go through the junior college route because obviously you can go play right away, and I needed to get some playing experience. Uh, I'd never played uh, any of the other positions, so uh, that that is uh, you know kind of the, where the journey went, and then from there had some nice opportunities to to you know to go to some some uh, bigger schools in San Diego State, much bigger UCLA and Colorado at the time with Bill McCartney and and uh, a few schools like that, and and uh, but San Diego State just again on the path of they threw the football. I was uh I was uh you know probably a better receiving tight end than blocking tight end a little undersized at that point as I was continuing to grow and and uh chose chose San Diego State and and uh had a great experience there. Now was was Santos there after you or was he there when you was there? He was there when I was there. Todd was Todd okay. was a junior yeah. my senior year. So uh that that was uh, fortuitous as well and and had a lot of you know when I went on my recruiting trip, you know, he was just finishing his uh, uh, sophomore year when I went on my recruiting trip. And, uh, you know, he was already a two-year starter and, and playing extremely well. So that, that had a lot to do with uh, wanting to, uh, to go to school there. Uh, Brian Billick, who uh, obviously went on to uh, win a Super Bowl, was the offensive coordinator. And, 
he convinced me that that I you know I was kind of one of the missing pieces. They had two wide receivers at the time, uh, who who both uh, uh, were going to be seniors my junior year. One of them I uh, was drafted in the second round by the by the Browns, Webster Slaughter, and uh, a guy named Vince Warren was drafted by the uh, Giants in the third round. So uh, you know, Coach Billick wanted to kind of fill out the uh, the roster with a with the threat at tight end. So. It, it it made a lot of sense and uh, and and uh, like I said, it worked it worked out well. So I have to throw in another small world um, here. Not only did you guys play play against each other when you were at uh, at Sacramento City College, you guys had to play against each other during your senior year at San Diego State because James was at Wyoming. Well, yeah, and, and and I think James James was was not a uh, uh, coach Long Rocky Long who is now the, the the head coach at San Diego State wasn't Rocky a defensive coordinator at Wyoming at that time? No, it was um what well, happened was um, Erickson came in my first at Dennis Erickson. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So we missed we missed a little bit. Yeah, just missed. Yeah, and then Paul Rose took over after Dennis left that year, my senior year. Got it. Yeah. So uh, Rocky Long, who was at San Diego State now, was uh, I know he was the defensive coordinator uh, at that time, and I and I, and I do not recall the the head coach. But also, still so small. We all just small today. You played with um, Jay Novacek. He's from Wyoming. Yeah. 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 I, 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 sure. That's something I want to talk about here in a bit. So. Okay, Chris. Yeah. Well, the, the music just played. We got to take a break. When we come back, let's talk about. Uh, actually, I want to talk about something else that happened to you when you were in high school. So, when we come back, uh, we'll talk about that first. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. 
James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. Chris, <laughs> it's a small world, isn't it? You, it is. It, it just every every week. It just reminds me what a small world it is, especially yeah, well, in, in 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 your you know past life. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah, but we got our guest former NFL player Bob Awal. Thanks for being on, Bob. Appreciate it. Really do. My pleasure. My pleasure. How's everybody doing today? Good, good. So, okay, Bob, the question I have for you, when you're in high school, you know, I, I, I do a little research on, on our guests, and when you're in high school, a coach failed you in PE, which prevented you from playing football one season. Tell us about this. Well, in high school, I did have some, some sweet feathered hair. We should start with that. I mean, it's been so long ago. <laughs> I recall that time. It was that time. Um, you know, ironically, <clears throat> that, that, that high school uh, uh, PE teacher and uh, was my high school head coach and uh, is somebody that I still go to lunch with about every six weeks and has been a dear friend of mine for, you know, the last 30 plus years. And so, uh, you know, uh, you know, as we talk about journey, journeys, uh, where I'm at today versus, you know, where my head was and, and where I grew up and, and whatnot. Um, there were just different, different universes. Uh, and I, I was just lazy in high school. I was a good athlete or, you know, I, I basically could show up and be the best athlete, you know, uh, whatever that was at the time. And I just didn't put much time or effort into it. And, uh, he, he, uh, you know, had a couple of stern talks with me and, 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 you know, I, I probably ignored him at the time. And, um, you know, he, he ended up, uh, it was just virtually from, you know, not showing up to class, you know, just good old, you know, cutting class because I, I, you know, I thought, Oh, it's the football coach. And he wouldn't mind if I, you know, it was sixth period, the last period of the day. If I, if I cut out a little early, you know, he's not gonna, he's not gonna get too upset with me. And it was, it was quite the opposite. It was a, it was a life lesson. He, he, uh, not only gave me an F, but it, it caused me to be ineligible. And I, and I was a starting quarterback. You know, I started as a, a sophomore on varsity, and this was going into my junior year. So, uh, you know, principled and, and uh, for all the right reasons, right? Um, he, he, I think he would rather, you know, lose with the right kids than win with the wrong kids. And, and uh, so that's, that's really the, the truth of that. Mm-hmm. Well, how did you... That's a good story because I was the same way in high school. I didn't care and then I had grades, but I was kind of disappointed when I wasn't able to go to a D1 school. I had to go to a JUCO. How were you like that? Did you feel like you failed when you had to go to a JUCO? You know, again, uh, at the time it was it was not that you know unpopular to go through the junior college ranks. You know, I I was sitting. Um, not too long ago with, with some, some guys uh, uh, at, at, at breakfast, and there was a group of about six or eight uh, of us and range from, you know, my age and, you know, uh, early 50s through, through you know, elderly. That they're all coaches and stuff. And, and, and out, of that, out of the eight guys sitting there, nine of us, excuse me, uh, seven of us 
um, had gone through the junior college route, you know, on our way, and 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 all of us had you know pretty good success uh, in that. Uh, the, the 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 only guy that that didn't, I transferred. Uh, Ken O'Brien, the longtime quarterback for the the New York Jets, he went to Sacramento State College for a year and and then transferred over to UC Davis, and then ended up having a great career. Um, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't so much failure as much as it was just a vehicle. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the most popular and sexiest vehicle, but it was, it was the, you know, it, it allowed me to gather my head a little bit and, and also, you know, uh, get, a, get a real good grasp of what it was going to take to, to be successful. And, and so, I, you know, I, I looked at it as, as, as more of a, a vehicle, Hmm. Yeah, that's <clears throat> that would definitely be a way to kind of process it, you know. Because as, as you say, world, you're you're kind of moving yeah. on. You moved on from football, and 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 you have your post life coming on, and you know you have your family, and and you know yeah, that, that's just a it ends to a mean basically, or means to an end. You know, and, and again, like James is saying, though, I think the differences between that is, you know, to have the, the, the sexy, you know, universities, you know, applying to and getting in, which is amazingly difficult, uh, you know, for the, the kids coming out of high school now. And um, I laugh, my, my daughter just graduated from San Diego State, and to get in, you know, what it took for her to get into San Diego State um, you know, it was, it was, uh, you know, per, pretty, pretty mind boggling, you know, a hundred thousand applications, about 8,800 kids get in so they can kind of choose they want. And, and we say that very often is like, I, you know, I don't think I could get into school that I went to into, in today's standards. And so, so, uh, it's just looked at so differently today than it, than it was before. I think that, you know, we were, we, um, uh, Ultimately, as long as we were moving forward, uh, we weren't being judged as much uh, as as the kids of today. Right, right. Yeah, I I, I agree on that. It, a lot of it starts with high school, you know, where they're moving them faster than when we were in high school, you know, and you know they they expect a lot more out of out of kids, you know, taking you know some pre college courses or or actually college courses mm-hmm. uh be to be truth truthful in in high school and i'm i yeah i'm like i don't know if i could get there you know again preparation they they their preparation before that was was probably a little better in ours but but the fact is is you know i and i ask it often and i just was having a conversation with a really successful young kid, you know, 23, 24 years old, looking to transition in out of there, what they currently do into, you know, something else. And, and, uh, you know, the, the, you know, after talking for a while, we just, you know, I was like, you know, if I can give you one bit of advice, don't, don't be in a hurry to get to the next phase of your life. You know, make sure that you're touching all the bases uh, at this phase of your life, because, you know, I think that there's some false propping up of you know, that you're prepared just because, you know, because of what you just said, you were fast-tracked and stuff, but you're foundationally in, and, you know, the, the details of whatever it is that you're doing at that phase in your life, you may not have a good grasp of that, but you, you know, but you, but you have enough to, to think you could get to the next level. And, you know, I just, I just think that, you know, you need to, you know, uh, appreciate the phase you're going through and, and make the best of it. Mm-hmm. 
Bob, I have a quick question. Um, one, I do want to say, I get a lot of people on the show, you know, I know, but I really did follow you. I remember you, and it was unbelievable. I know him, you know, I knew it was San Diego, but I didn't know Sacramento, but you played on some great teams, and I just want to let you know that, that I'm one of your, um, one of the persons that's behind you, and glad to know you, you know. I just want to say that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, that's that's always nice to hear. You know, you just, just, uh, again, I guess if you just, you know, keep your nose down and and realize that, you know, I, I, a little bit of my, the, uh, the, you know, star in high school that goes to be the star in college, be the, you know, the star in the NFL or Major League Baseball, whatever it may be. It's, you know, there there were some definitely stops and starts along the way. And, right. and, uh, you know, but the, the path was, was not a straight one, but, uh, but, um, I kept finding my way back to it, I guess. So I, I, I do appreciate that, James, very much. I want to ask you because I took the same road to there. How do you think it's different? The road we took, like, you know, when we had to go to Juco and the way we worked out, because now they starting kids, people are starting to kids like AAU and, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because you know, I've I've tried to stay in somewhat shape, you know, after getting out of the league and stuff and um I'm I'm a lot lighter and, and I just try to stay fit. You know, I'm not a you know big weightlifter and stuff. You just try to stay healthy I guess and you know, and I and I and I know what I feel like, and I know the the elements I have. You know, and 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 yeah, there was a whole lot more wear and tear uh, going through college and pros, and obviously the way we practiced uh, was probably the biggest difference is the way we practiced versus uh, you know the way you know they they practice now, which is all good. You know, the concussion protocol, but I think there's a there's a big fringe benefit to the concussion protocol. It's called the rest of your body. <laughs> it too doesn't take the wear and tear and the damage uh, that that you would inflict on yourself in in practice to get ready for the games, and and so I think there's going to be a big big uh, fringe benefit to the uh, concussion protocols and and whatnot. But yes, going back to what you're saying about you know how early you know weightlifting was was you know it was it was almost seasonal, and and I, I remember when I got in the league. We had to go to training camp and, and great, you know, fitness, uh, top top of the uh, line fitness shape because it was, you know, trying to survive training camp was, was you know, a big part of the process. It was so hard. And the era before us, you know, maybe, maybe the, you know, 10 years before us, guys would go to training camp to get in shape. You know, that, that was part of the, the part of the process is to get in shape. So, when you see, you know, you go to any 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 gym and you look over in the corner and you see, you know, 10, 11, 12-year-olds with personal trainers and being pushed to the limits and stuff, I, I just can't tell you that I, I, I think that that's, you know, logically uh, very, very smart, not only on their bodies, but also I think the um, coach soccer for a lot of years, you know, girls use soccer and, and, uh, and, and, and you know, probably was... Uh, the anti on a lot of things were, were, you know, everybody thought that I'd be the intense one trying to, you know, and I was the opposite because, you know, what I, what I noticed is, uh, you know, my old saying was, is, you know, you look, you know, when these kids walk past you, you look behind them and you see their parents' handprints on their back. Uh, yeah. pushing, them, 
pushing them onto the field, pushing them onto the, you know, and a lot of them, by the time they hit that 15, 16-year-old, you know, and you look at this in a lot of sports, soccer and 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 baseball, because you start at four years old or whatever it is, by the time they get 14, 15, 16 years old, they're completely burned out, and they, and, they, and they go away from the sport. As soon as they have a voice, they go, they go away from the sport versus, versus gravitate towards it. And, and uh, the, I, I think the, the vetting uh, starts at, at too early of an age, James. I really do. And, and uh, um, you know, if, if you're good and you want to be a part of it, they'll find you in today's world. They will find you. You know, no, no stone goes unturned uh, in the college ranks or, or any place to, to find athletes. Well, we have to take a break. When we come back, I know Chris got a bunch. I've been cutting her off. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. We'll be right back. Okay. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. Chris, I got an old teammate with me today, right? Of course. It's it's all it's always a long week around here. <laughs> well, our former guest Bob Bow, like again I said, I appreciate me and Chris appreciate you being on and you giving the knowledge to, you know, the younger generation, you know, about what you went through and, you know, how you can help them, you know? Exactly. Well exactly. you uh when you're asked, uh, hopefully you have something to say, right? You know, and it's it's not just an opinion, it's uh it's more of life's lesson. Definitely. 
That's, and it's always a lesson. Question. That's what people got to take take it as. Go ahead, Chris. Sorry about that, Joe. Um, well, well, before we took the break, you were Bob. You were talking about you know how some some players, high school kids, overdo it. You know, working out and so forth. I recall an article. Uh, I think right before the season even started, and I, I can't remember what player it is, but he pays up to ninety thousand dollars a year um, to to take care of his body as far as uh, massages and. Um, having train personal trainers that help him out, you know he's just he's just pushing it, you know, and and is he, he it, wants is this a high school pay. kid. No, this the, he, no, he's he's uh, an NFL player, and he wants to be able bird. to keep his body going so he can play as right. long as he can play. It's, it's you know I, I think I uh, James you're right I think it's James Harrison who is just. Uh, He's just a you know a, a specimen in regard in a lot of different ways. He's 39 years old and still playing you know a very very physical style of football and plays one of the most rugged positions out there in li- outside linebacker defensive end and yeah I, I heard I read something a while back about that and and uh, and I and I guess you know that's he's you know it's it's investing in yourself is is the way he right. looks at it is is you know his body is is his uh, resume and. Um, the, the the better care he takes of it, the better off he is. But James Harrison is also a you know a full grown man and fully mature and and understands what it takes to uh, to compete at that level. And and again, I think the you know the the youngins uh, are starting just a, a tad too young. Um, you know, again, when when I'm seeing you know ten and eleven year olds uh, doing kettlebell swings, I I just think it's a it's a bit much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, Plus, plus they have to understand, you know, that not only is the working out, but when, like, when when they do quit, um, you know, before they they've been eating tons of food, they can't be doing all that much. You know, they can't be eating as much as they had in the past. Otherwise, they're just going to be gaining tons of weight. No doubt. Um, Everything has to change. Yeah, it's I. You know, I was a I was a six to seven thousand calorie a day guy, and. I didn't stop that for a long time, but I had the metabolism to to kind of help me out. And then, you know, now I'm still probably considered a big eater. Um, but you know, again, that that you know, it's it was based on balance. Um, and so you're absolutely right. You 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 can't keep up that that regimen and think that it's going to work out well for you. Right. Right. All right. So let's talk about Jay Novacek. You know, as James said, you know, you, you were you when you went to the to the Cardinals, you were, came in as his backup, but you know, <laughs> fortuitous for you, you know, he ended up having a major injury, so you were able to 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 be the starter. You know, you moved up the ranks, um, and basically, yeah, you know, of course, he went to Wyoming. I grew up there. I've heard lots of stories about him. I never met him, you know, but. You know him, and one thing I want to know is you. You know, is what type of teammate was he? Well, f- first of all, you know, we called him Ouija, um, and <laughs> and that was a nickname he had before I got to the Cardinals because there was a guy that played for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, right right before my era. I called his name was Ouija Thompson, and uh, and and Jay was a you know great athlete. Um, tall, lean, you know, not a true prototypical tight end. 
And uh, he uh, had been with the Cardinals. I, when I got there, he was in his third year. And uh, he had never uh, had a chance to start himself and had won the starting job. Uh, uh, they, they let a guy, Doug Marsh, who was their longtime tight end, go when they drafted me. And so uh, I, I, you know, I get to camp a little late. I was a it was a higher round draft choice, so I came to camp late. And and Jay was, uh, you know, entrenched at the at the starting job. And um, you know, it, it, you know, as as a teammate, um, Jay's he's Wyoming, even though he's from you know Gothenburg, Nebraska. Uh, he's all country, and Wyoming was a perfect place for him because he's quiet, hardworking, dedicated, tough. You know all all the the attributes that you'd want from somebody, but he was you know he was he was significantly undersized for the tight end position. You know he's a 230 pound guy, so uh, I think Roy Green named him Ouija because he you know he, they they'd put him out in the slot and stand him up a lot and do things what they do with tight ends today back then because he you know he wasn't a guy that could go to the end of the line and tied up with the with the big boys and. Uh, so he actually just nicked his elbow in a game. Uh, we, we were on strike that year. He played the first two games uh, of the season, had really good games, uh, nice games uh, in both of those. Uh, and then we, uh, we went on strike for whatever it was, five weeks or so. Came off strike, and the first game out, he nicked his elbow. Um, ended, up, ended up back after one week, um, only missed one game. But in that game, um, and 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 uh, this was against you know uh, Buddy Ryan's you know Philadelphia Eagles, and you know, they were amazing defensively back then. Um, you know, I, I had a darn good game. Scored a, you know uh, I don't even remember now, but caught nine or ten passes for over 100 yards, and scored a touchdown with about 50 seconds left in the game to put us ahead. And. Uh, um, you know, so the next week, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen. Ironically, I, I uh, uh, dislocated a finger, uh, my pinky finger, really bad that game. You know, just one of those ones that's pointing in, a, in the wrong direction, and they have to reset it and stuff. So, you know, I ding my hand. You know, they take x-rays, you know, to make sure I'm not, you know, broken hand. So I think they're at that point. They actually had signed, uh, you know, a guy onto the roster, uh, another tight end, because Jay had a little bit of an elbow injury. They didn't know if my hand was broken. And uh, my hand ended up just being dislocated. And so they, they uh, Jay was healthy enough to play that week, but still a little sore. So they threw me back out there on the field again. And I kind of repeated the same type of game uh, uh, as the week before. Um, over 100 yards, touchdown, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, and, and, and I just was a little bit bigger than he was uh, at the, you know, at, at being able to block a little differently. And so, unfortunately, it, it, it took him uh, several years and a new team to, to, to get his job back uh, as a starter with the Cowboys, which obviously he went on to be, you know, a pro bowler. But uh, Jay, Jay and I, you know, fought it out day after day. Um, but uh, I, I think we had a fantastic relationship. You know, I... I, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of respect for him. I think he had the same for me because, you know, we, we virtually ham and egged it whenever, whenever we could. Yeah. 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 He definitely seems like a down-to-earth kind of guy. And, you, you know, know what happened, too, is on that, and why, why, why you know, and, and again, it's the small things, and James, you'd appreciate this as well. It's the small little things that make a big difference, and, Jay got to the Cowboys, you know, he plan beat out there when they weren't very good. 
Uh, they just come off their one in fifteen year. You know, they're re, you know redoing everything. Jay goes out there, and in the Plan B, I stay with the Cardinals. We get a new coach. I get traded to the Cowboys the day before the last preseason game that same season. So here I come back into town. You know, Jay Jay being the, you know my backup really for the last you know, several years. So you know, he he could have been pretty you know pretty disappointed about that and pretty uh, uh, you know what the heck is going on. So, um, but, you know, the Cowboys just, you know, they did a good job with both of us. They, they knew our strengths. They knew his strength. And, and they utilized us in, 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 a, in a very good way. I, I started getting a pretty big injury bug when I got to the Cowboys. But uh, the, the subtle difference I was going to talk about is when Jay got there and Daryl Johnston was their fullback, they were able to virtually, if you look back at that tape, so they were able to change their philosophy of, you usually run to the strength of the offense, which is the tight end side. Back then, one to two tight ends. You run to the strength, and you run behind the tight ends a lot. And then you and you cut off the back, you know, with, with the back ends. They were able to do more stuff where Daryl Johnson really took the majority of the, the heavy load on blocking with the lead blocks, kind of more of the tight end, even though he was coming from the backfield. And they utilized Jay and his athleticism, but not his size, to be able to just seal off the back ends more. And, and not a lot of power plays, more of just read plays, where Emmett and, and, and they called it a slide draw, where you see it a thousand times, you watch Emmett Smith, you see Daryl Johnson and Emmett kind of slide to one side or the other in tandem, and then take off at the line of scrimmage. It's called a read draw. So they're a slide or a read. They're looking for those holes, and they're just pressing until they see a hole and they go. Where most old school coaches were like, we're running in the six hole, we're running in the eight hole, we're running in the four hole, so press it in there. And that's where we take more of a push from the tight end. That utilized, you know, the skill set of that, that group of players. Daryl Johnson, a great lead blocker. Jay Novacek, a great receiving tight end. And obviously the rest is history with three Super Bowls. What's that again? I think they went at the music for the break yet, right? No, not yet. Okay. That's what I wanted to ask you, Bob. Like, you know, uh, when you come in and you follow him to Dallas, you know, he was still able to help you. A lot of people would have been mad, like, you know what, I'm not going to help him, you know. You know how that is, but um, he still helped Yeah, no, no, no doubt. It speaks to his character, right? It speaks to his character. Right. And, and, and also we had a lot of, you know, we had a lot of... Uh, uh, you know, hours and meetings and, and a lot of, a lot of time on the practice field together, you know, between St. Louis, you know, cause we were in St. Louis my rookie year and we moved out to Phoenix and we played together all those years. You know, we hunted together. Um, you know, Jay was a big hunter and I was one of the few guys that go hunt with all the time. You know, my, my yellow lab was, uh, was, uh, you know, uh, a puppy of his, his, his dogs, uh, and, and uh, you know, we, we, we did a lot of things, you know, off the field, too. Jay was not the guy that was going to go out and hang out with the boys. You know, he wasn't going to go, uh, uh, you know, hang out and have beers after practice or on a Thursday night, you know, go watch a, a baseball game or and, and have some beers or whatever it is. He You know, but if you wanted to go hunting on Tuesday the day off, you know, you, you know he, he was always, you know, the one leading the charge on that. And so, you know, he and I got a lot of off-field stuff uh, together doing more 
of your non-traditional, you know, everybody hanging out together thing. So, uh, yeah, when I showed up, I'm sure he was highly disappointed thinking, man, I, I, I just, you know, I just got out of this shadow and, but it, it worked out tremendously well for him. And, and I think he knows that when, when he was doing most of the playing in Dallas and, and I was there, I mean, we, we talk about, you know, how to how to attack a defense, how to play against a certain guy, give each other hints, you know, when when uh, the other was on the field. So uh, I, I think it was a it was a like I said a, a good ham and egg situation. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. What 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 James was saying about you know, well, basically coworkers helping each other, being teammates. You know. It, there's some teams that the that the rookies come on and they just you know they're like you know this person trying to take my role so I'm not going to be there to help them at all. Yeah, you know it's it's uh there's a competitive spirit. There's no doubt about that, right? I mean there's a competitive spirit and I'm sure that there are times when uh um you know when when you're switching reps and practice and stuff you're not you're not pulling full full heartedly for them but come come the game, you know uh Jay makes a play and gets uh, the chains moving or, or, or scores a touchdown, it sure works well for everybody. And, and that's why, you know, football's the greatest team sport out there because, um, you know, you're individually have to do your job for collectively to, you know, for the team to have success. True. We're going to take our last break and we'll come back. I know Chris got several more. She's like, I cut her off talking. Right, Chris? <laughs> no, I, I, you know, this is what I like. I like, you know, that that we're doing things that are just off the cuff. So we're good. We'll be right back. <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN. The Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. 
I am here. Every Wednesday, 1 to 2 p.m. Mountain Time, I am here. Because <laughs> I can't wait to get back and talk to some of the guys that um, played at Sacramento City College that came and played in Wyoming, you know, tell them who I spoke with today, you know? That's great. <laughs> All right, Bob. So my next, what, what I want to ask you is, you know, and I know you probably still watch some games and kind of keep up on, on things on your own time, but um, which t- which uh, tight ends that play now do you enjoy watching, and who plays the most like you? Oh. Oh. Well, you know, first of all, the tight ends, you know, the, the, the freedom they have now and how they utilize them is just uh, mouth-watering. You know, just see how they uh, you try to get them in mismatches and let them use, utilize their, 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 you know, their natural size and athleticism and you know, try to get them, you know, again, the, the way that I, that I, my mindset was and a lot of us and, you know, Jay and myself and Keith Jackson um, were all kind of that, you know, a little bit ahead of our time. Uh, they used Keith out in, the, uh, out in the open area a little bit more, but, you know, we, we probably could have fit in pretty well in today's um, uh, style of playing football for tight ends. We, you know, we, we, we weren't uh, the big old, you know, lumbering, bruising, you know, guy that's uh, blocking the, the Reggie Whites and Lawrence Taylors, you know, for three, holding them for three seconds while, you know, the running back tries to get through. We were more, you know, guys that could play in space, go make plays, could run well. So, you know, what they do with these guys in this day and time is, is, is just amazing. Um, and so you see some of these guys, and to me, I just I kind of, you know, shake my head at them. Obviously, the Gronkowskis and stuff of the world are a whole different being. But, you know, when you, when you look at, you know, Travis Kelsey and, and, you know, what he could do in Kansas City and how they utilize him, you know, he was a defensive end that converted to tight end. You know, Antonio Gates, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame, was a basketball player that, you know, converted to football. Jamie Graham was the same thing. Now, these guys are 6'6", 6'7", 6'8", 260 pounds that run. And they very seldom line up at the end of the line of scrimmage and, and block on defensive ends and stuff. So, um, you know, you, you kind of salivate and say, you know, I, 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 I wonder what it would be like. Because, again, the mindset back, you know, then is if he's, a, if he's a linebacker, he can't run with me. So I can beat him that way. If he's a safety, he's just not big enough. You know, that's, that was just the approach, right? I, you, you had an advantage in your, you know, that, that you know, it's kind of like a basketball player. If he's, if he's smaller than me, I post him up. If he's bigger than me, I go buy him. Right. right. That is right. true. That is I honestly just don't know, you know, how much longer um, his body will hold up. You know, he's had some pretty big injuries, including um, his back. And, you know, that's that's... You know, once you start getting that injury bug, and I could raise my hand uh, on that because I virtually had, you know, three years in a row I ended up on IR with different, uh, you know, pretty serious injuries. And But the the one that, that is a difference maker long-term is that back. And it's not just so much how debilitating it is, but it's how you train to get ready for football. It really changes the way you could train. And so I'm worried about J.J. Watt, who had two back surgeries last year. Um, the, you know his his intensity and and the you know his plyometrics and the way he could uh, train 
gets altered. And so that means your preparation changes for the game. And so, um, you know, that, that Gronk is, is, is a kid that, that, you know, oh, my gosh, uh, you know, put him in the top five that's ever played the position. Um, but but I just I just truly uh, worry that 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 he doesn't have much left in the motor just because uh, he's he's his tires are getting bald. Right, right. Bob, did you uh, feel that the injuries were made you want to stop playing? Did you want to play more, or did you just say, you know, I'm done the injuries? You know, I, I wanted to continue to play just because I didn't know what else to do. And, you know, we weren't as worldly and, and didn't have their, you know, our, our eyes up as much. And, you know, and you still think you can. And, uh, but, you know, when, when, when you get away from it for a few years and you look back, especially when you get away from it for, you know, six, seven, eight years and you look back, you're like, holy heck, what the heck was I thinking, you know? <laughs> um <laughs> But when you're in the moment, you know how it is. You know you still uh, you still think that that you got it. And uh, yeah. yeah, you know. So so for me, I you know I I broke a thumb uh, at the wrist joint with the Cowboys, and that's when Jay kind of took off. You know, we were we were doing a lot of sharing time and stuff, and I you know broke my thumb uh, at the wrist joint. They had to pin it, and so I, I you know I missed six weeks there. And then the very next year, you know, I ended up uh, hurting my back. And uh, and missing another six weeks of the season with uh, back surgery and 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 then uh, you know so that that bug jumps on you. Then you know a year later I I end up uh, you know having to have a, a bunch of surgery done on a shoulder with a uh, uh, that needed to be reconstructed and missed you know basically the tail end of that season. So it just Whoa. you know it just. You you can think what you want, but but everybody else sees things that you don't see, right? When you look in the mirror, sometimes you don't see the things that others are are, are really um, uh, really obvious to others. That's true. Right. Right. <clears throat> so I think the the last question I have for you, and I should have asked this earlier in the in, in this our. our, our Earlier in the show, but what was your big, biggest obstacle going from college to playing in the NFL? You know, I I, I, I had the, the tools to do it. You know, I, I was I, you know first tight end drafted my year. Um, the uh, uh, I had the tools, but I remember being in training camp in Charleston, Illinois, where the St. Louis Cardinals held camp, and it was. You know, 95, 98 degrees with high humidity, heat indexes. You know, you'd hear on the radio about them telling you to stay inside, but yet we were out practicing, you know, two and a half hours a day, twice a day. And I just mentally, um, you know, you're three weeks into a six-week training camp where you're in, in pads both times and you're, you know, everything is full contact drills and you know, I remember sitting, you know, in, in, you know, at dinner a few times, you know, eating with your tray and looking around and looking at, you know, a guy like EJ Jr. or Louis Sharp or, you know, uh, uh, you know, guys have been, you know, playing in the league six, seven years already. And I, and I virtually would just look at him and go, how do they do this? How, how, how are they still doing this? They must be just so much tougher than I am. They must be so much, you know, more manly than I am, you know. And you have these little doubts nonstop that run through your head and their insecurities. But what, what, what I found out and, and why I could overcome it is because when you started to talk to some of these guys, they had those same insecurities their fifth or sixth league uh, time, year in the league. 
They were just trying to survive. They knew they had to work hard every day, but they felt the same way I did. They were beat up. They were sore. They were, they were not wanting to go to practice the next day because they were so beat So mentally, you had to get through that and push through and just understand that, you know, all you do is keep showing up. Show up. And, 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 and put out effort and, and good things will happen. So, you know, it, that, that may have, that may have, that barrier may have taken me about three days to get through because once, once you just realized and, you know, it was shared with a, with a few other, cause yeah, the rookies were all feeling that and talking about it, but none of these veterans were. And then as soon as I had conversation with them, ironically, I'm driving to training camp with Daryl Johnson and Troy Aikman, you know, five years later. We're going down to Austin, Texas, uh, from Dallas, and and uh, Daryl and, and and Troy are talking about how nervous they are for training camp. Nervous, mm-hmm. like you know, I got to go make the team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, so so you know, at that point, I you know, I was a little older than those guys, so I was you know in my sixth year or so, and so uh, uh, you know, I, I was like, okay, we're all nervous. We're all going to make the team. You know, but we're all you know nervous, and 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 just to hear others kind of show their vulnerability that we're all human a little bit, you know, as much as uh, the exterior may not show it, it it, it helped me get through that barrier. Uh, re- not really easy, but it, it sure 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 reassured me that all I had to do is keep doing what I was already doing. Well, we got the music in that ear, but Bob, I really appreciate it. Love to have you back on anytime. You know, uh, holler guys. Holler guys. Yeah. Good, good, Appreciate good, uh, good visiting with you, and uh, and continued success. All Thank right. you. Uh, Thank we you, definitely Chris. appreciate you having you on today. It's been it's always eye opening and a small world. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. 